With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again and welcome to the Three Inning Save podcast. We are part of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Eric Steven. With me today is Jacob Birch. Uh, Jacob, how you doing? I am excited because I think this may be the first time I successfully suggested a Dodgers Rewind. Whoa, really? The first? I think so. All right. I might well, have like confirmed some of your ideas, you know, attaboys, but I think this is the first huh. one I came up with. And I came up with it because of a pun. Very fitting for, for our podcast. Well, also the the timing like totally worked out. We'll get to this like a bit little bit later, but before that, we are produced by Brian Salvatore, who does excellent work behind the scenes, uh, makes us sound great or you know, reasonably good. And um we have a Dodgers Rewind for you today. This is a midweek episode. Uh, we're going to look back at Ed Roebuck, um, who pitched for the Dodgers from 1955 to 1963 in both Brooklyn and Los Angeles. Now, he's most known, like, sadly, for being the losing pitcher in – I don't know if he's most known. That's probably not fair. He, he was the losing pitcher in Game 3 against the Giants in the ninth inning in 1962 in the National League playoff. We'll get to that a little bit later. But he had a strong 11-year Major League career, the first eight of which came with the Dodgers, which reminds me I have some trivia for you, Jacob. Yes. Um, Ed Roebuck pitched in 64 games in relief in 1962 for the Dodgers, had a 10-2 and record. Only four pitchers on that team won more games. Name them. I'm going to hope that you like leak a name or two while we're doing this, and then I'm going to add it to the list I'm already working on, and we'll, we'll do good. Should I so should I pun- explain the pun before we get going? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Just real quick, the Dodgers were playing against uh, JP Sears, is that right? That's that's right. Uh, of the A's, and I don't tweet much at all anymore, but when I think of a pun, I will usually just text Eric it, and I thought that it should have been, it was Hello Kitty bobblehead give a day, and I thought it that- should have been Ed Roebuck. Uh, bobblehead giveaway day for as a uh, they or they could have they, what they should have done like you like just to live out the spirit of the pun they should have given out 
a certificate to redeem said bobblehead <laughs> at Sears Roba. Um, One no. of the eleven stores still open. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And like, take it to Kmart and Circuit City along the way. Um, no, um, so also, uh, well, for, before we can get into that for a second, um, I, I noticed it's trivia question, right? Although I, I just said name them. It was more of a command, which felt wrong. <laughs> like it wasn't like, I don't know. It felt weird. But um, also, I, I, I sort of had a pun in a way. I'll get to that when I reveal what made me want to write about Ed Roebuck this week. But um, a reminder. So in 62, uh, Roebuck started that year 10-0. and 0. Again, he's a reliever. He obviously was pitching in important innings a lot and, you know, had the game swung either way. But it's in the mid-September. He's ten and zero, so that's very rare in Dodgers history. There's only there's only been um, six pitchers to start at least ten and zero. Uh, Tony Gonsolin did so last year, and he was eleven and zero. Alex Wood did it in 2017. Uh, Larry French, uh, 1942, Preacher Row, 1951, did it for Brooklyn. So did Don Newcomb in 1955, and then um, Ed Roebuck, 1962. He finished ten and two. The the last two losses were. Uh, part of the reasons why the Dodgers lost uh, didn't go to the World Series that year. Now, again, not all on him. We'll get to why. But um, his first loss came on September 25th. It's the final week of the season. It was against the first year Houston Colt 45s. They weren't yet the Astros. The Dodgers, like, absolutely collapsed down the stretch that year. Uh, they lost 10 out of 13 games. Uh, they lost three of their last four series. They lost uh, two out of three at home to that. Uh, aforementioned Houston team, which was an expansion team that year. That was all in the season's final week. Uh, then they got swept by the Cardinals at home to force the three-game tiebreaker. Now, it was a three-game best-of-three tiebreaker back then in the National League. The American League was different. But weirdly enough, the Dodgers were involved in the first five National League tiebreakers in history. Uh, 1946, they lost to the Cardinals in two games. In 1951, uh, the Dodgers like choked away a big lead. Now again, the the Giants also finished insanely strong. It was some some ridiculous record down the stretch. That was the shot heard around the world, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, the Dodgers beat the Milwaukee Braves two to uh, two games and none in 1959 to go to the World Series, and then they lost this one to the Giants, 62. Uh, and then in the NL West in 1980, the Dodgers lost to the Astros. That was a one game playoff, but the Dodgers actually had to sweep Houston at home in the the season's final weekend to force the playoff. So that was where they were sort of at there. So in 1962, um, they split the first two playoff games. First one was in San Francisco. Then the Dodgers won in L.A. The game three was at Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers were up four to two late. Um, with the bases loaded in the eighth, bottom of the eighth, Dodgers were up two. Walt Alston opted not to pinch hit for Roebuck, who had pitched three innings already to that point. Um, from Charles Marr of the uh, Associated Press, Alston said, Ed's a pretty fair hitter, and he was the man I wanted in there to protect the two-run lead in the ninth. Willie Mays, who in that fateful ninth inning hit a ball that deflected off Roebuck's glove, uh, told reporters um, from the this from the Press and Sun Bulletin, quote, Whoever thought we would do it? We were down two runs, and we usually don't hit very well against Roebuck. So Roebuck did have a sense of humor, at least, uh, after the loss. So the three-game playoff, that counts as regular season stats. Um, this is from Red Smith's syndicated column. Roebuck said, this is a funny game. Uh, the season's been over for three days, and the Mets are still losing ground. 
um, because so that was the the Mets were the first first year team as well, along with Houston. They were famously terrible. They were forty and one twenty. So th- after the end of the the regular regular season, they were sixty games back. But because the Giants won two and lost one, the Mets ended up finishing sixty and a half games back. So just a brutal three days for them. They didn't play. Uh, so Roebuck was worked heavily that year, as we mentioned. He appeared in 61 games in the regular schedule, and then that was one shy of the most by any Dodgers pitcher before then. Ron Paranowski that same year pitched in 70 games, so like it was a heavy relief use year for them. Roebuck came in relief of Sandy Koufax after just one inning and three runs in the first game of the playoffs. He pitched four scoreless innings to sort of get them back on track. The Dodgers lost that game in a runaway. Um, so he got two outs in the sixth inning of game two. So, um, also beginning September 27th during the final weekend of the season, he pitched three games in a row, Thursday to Saturday, got Sunday off and then pitched three more games in a row. Uh, so all three games against the giants, including three scoreless innings in game three to get him through to the eighth. So that loss in 1962 was sort of gutting, uh, the, the, the runs actually scored, um, the, the first run was that, that ball off of uh, the Willie Mays ball off of Roebuck. It was a single. Had Roebuck caught it, I've seen reports, like, I think he maybe said he didn't quite see it. It was, like, right back at him. But it could have been where he, he could have almost caught it, and it would have been a game-ending double play. But he didn't. And then Stan Williams came in and sort of, you know, let everyone in after that. But it, it, was, it was a rough inning, uh, one of the worst, like, losses in Dodgers history. And it was kind of hanging over the team a little bit heading into 1963. That included uh, Roebuck asking out. Uh, we'll get to more of that and, and what happened after 1962 and some before 1962, a little bit uh, after the break. So the Dodgers signed uh, Ed Roebuck in 1949 out of high school. Uh, he toiled in the minors for six years, including three full years with AAA uh, Montreal. He won 18 games as a 22-year-old in uh, 1954. Uh, he made the Dodgers in 1923, uh, one of in, in 1955 at age 23. Excuse me. He's one of six rookies on that team. One of them, slugger Bert Hamrick, um, was a Dodgers rewind one year ago this week. Do you remember Bert Hamrick at all? Uh, I was probably really I, tired. I, I'm always really tired when we record. So I, I. I vaguely remember. I, I will link to it in the show notes, but um, yeah, it was you know he he was very obscure, but it was it was a fun. Uh, I think it was a fun look back. Roger Craig was a rookie that year. He started a World Series game. Uh, Roger Craig was the only rookie who had more innings than Roebuck. Uh, there was some nineteen-year-old dude named Koufax. Um, Roebuck that year pitched forty-seven games in relief, eighty-four innings. Um, he was kind of a fixture in the bullpen the next three years too. Um, 271 ERA in 57, a 348 ERA in 58, but then he hurt his shoulder. This is from Roebuck's Sabre bio written by Paul Hirsch This in an interview with Roebuck. Quote, I never had a sore arm before 1958. I had always pitched winter ball until I wasn't allowed to after 1957 because the rules at the time wouldn't allow it for major leaguers with three years in the league. The layoff between seasons led to a buildup of scar tissue that I couldn't tear free in spring training. So now in, so 1959 still kind of shoulders, still kind of bothering him in spring training. So this is like one of the weirder things I've seen. The Dodgers 
Buzzy, Buzzy Bavese was a GM. They sent him to AAA St. Paul, but to play first base because he couldn't really pitch because of his shoulder. They're like, yeah, you're kind of a good hitter. Like, let's see, let's see what you got. And this is remembering back to Walt Austin's comment uh, where he's like, hey, Roebuck's kind of a good hitter. Now, up to that point in 63 or 62, Roebuck only hit 217, 237, 304 in seven years in the majors. But he was also, it's not quite today's relief pitcher, so he did bat some. But 123 plate appearances, it's like once you're out of practice, you're, it's really hard to like hit. But he kind of hit okay in St. Paul, like – 266, 314, 478. He slugged uh, five homers, seven doubles in 123 plate appearances. He held, he held his own, but also at some point earlier in the year, um, in his throws from first base, uh, one of them like loosened the scar tissue he claimed and, and said he ended up, so he ended up like pitching again. This is from his obituary in 2018, written by uh, Bill Shaken at the LA Times. Bill Bueller was a Dodgers trainer. He said, quote, he had what you call a frozen shoulder. It isn't too common anywhere, even in baseball. It was a miracle cure. That quick throw just did it for him. So this is one of those like weird home remedies. But no, uh, he, he started pitching again, started 28 games in a year. He wasn't like supposed to at least pitch right away. Had a 298 ERA and 198, in, 198 innings. So they sort of, uh, he was back in the swing of things. Back in the majors in 1960, where he pitched uh, 278 ERA in 116 and two-thirds innings, heavy workload, more shoulder trouble in 61, made his way back to the Dodgers in September and pitched in five games. Then he was pretty excellent for, like, all of 1962. He had a 3.09 ERA that year. He was one out shy of 120 innings. Um, but pitching six times in seven days, including trying to pitch a fourth inning two days after pitching four innings, it proved to be too much. So on that team, um, Ed Roebuck won 10 games, four pitchers. I will give you a spoiler alert. They were starters, uh, won more than 10 games. Uh, how many can you name? <sighs> All right. Um, Sandy Koufax. Koufax is one. He was. Uh, he had 14 wins. Don Drysdale. Don Drysdale won the Cy Young that year, 25 wins. Nuke? No, it wasn't around. Uh, I can't remember when. Uh, Claude Osteen. Wasn't yet a Dodger. This was three years before they traded for him. No. Oh, no. Uh, Paranowski. Uh, he was a heavy, heavily worked reliever. He was 6-6 six and six, uh, out of the bullpen. Well, those are my guesses. I'm I, I'll, I'll give you one other hint. Um, think uh, <laughs> Do Dodgers Brooklyn World Series hero. As nope. like game seven winning pitcher. Nope. World Series. Nope. Nope. Future pitching coach. Last name rhymes with an actual MLB team. Or as an, <laughs> yeah. Nope. I'm not my is a, is a homophone of a real of an MLB team. <laughs> nope. Johnny Padres. There we go. Yeah. No, that um, was, uh, he was one he of those was, things where as soon as you're going, I'm like, I should know this and I do yeah. know this, but there's no way my brain's going to let me on the spot. This is why I don't think I'll ever, I'm pretty good at trivia and bar trivia, yeah. uh, especially when it's that hyper focus on anything. Uh, I'll, I'll probably never go on Jeopardy because I will just freeze up as soon as now, I'm on camera. To, to go back to your, your sort of rubric earlier. Someone I might have mentioned, someone I did mention, oh, who's no. the other name on this list, Stan Williams. Oh, uh, he, he was I, a very high strikeout starter guy. Um, so he won 14 games as the Kovacs Padres won 15. 
the fun part about this, how many pitchers would you guess pitched for the 1962 Dodgers? 11. Okay, so you went under. It's 12. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're good. But to be fair, Willard Hunter only pitched in one game and two innings, so you basically got it right. Um, now, it's funny because as we're recording this, um, the Dodgers have used 36 pitchers in 2023, <laughs> three shy of their club record. Ryan Yarbrough was the 36, so already three times as many pitchers as the 1962 <laughs> team. Um, yeah, that's so that, that's where we're at there. So that brings us again back to 1963. There was a lot of negativity surrounding both Roebuck and Walt Alston. Like, hey, think of it as like um, Jonathan what? Broxton. Uh, say, right? bl- blaming game-finishing pitchers. Yeah, oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> We're never – that's never happened. <laughs> exactly, exactly right, right. But like you're – but like but – like, and it wasn't – but I think it's like it was probably Broxton level of like, you know – just he was just kind of, you know, done. Yeah. Or, or, or like needing fewer in eighty-five year old enough to remember that you weren't you weren't you weren't alive. Um, <laughs> but so this year I've been sort of recapping the nineteen sixty-three team because it's the sixtieth anniversary of them winning the World Series. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, I've been doing week by week on there, and so it's fun to look back and like this is why Robot came up, and I'll, I'll get to why in a second. So. But one of the things that I've, I've noticed is how much, especially earlier in the year, where, where I was like, man, Austin's going to get fired. <laughs> like Leo DeRocher was like one of the coaches, and he's like not quite leading the coups, but he's like making sure everyone knows that a lot of people are saying stuff about Austin because he'd be the next guy in line. And uh, it's just, it's just kind of wild. Roebuck didn't pitch very well in 1963. He's 31 at this point. He had a 424 ERA, but he also wasn't pitching very much. Like, he went two weeks without pitching at one point in May. He went nine games without pitching at one point in July. So he's traded to the Senators at the end of July, uh, reportedly after a meeting with Pavese, the GM, asking for a trade. But what put him on my radar was this last week in the report I did, found a, a thing where he just absolutely ripped Alston on record, like on his way out the door. This is from the Valley Times uh, that year. Uh, I think the Dodgers will win the pennant this year in spite of manager Walter Alston. Uh, it's sort of sad to leave, but in another way, it's almost like getting out of prison, getting away from Alston. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, okay, this was, I think I sent this to you and you you sort of laughed at this and I, I did too. He put it, this is what the, the author said. He put it this way, quote, the first part of the year was, it was Roebuck every day. Every game I've lost so far has been on errors. Not that I pitched that well. <laughs> then they didn't use me for two or three weeks, sort of sloughed me aside, and nobody said a word. Somebody could have told me, look, you did a job for us last year, so don't worry about it. So he was just – he was kind of bitter. He was also going to a Senators team that was managed by Gil Hodges, who was in his – who had just retired as a player this year, and he um, sort of went over their mid-seasons, and that was a former teammate of Robux in Brooklyn um, and in L.A., actually. Um, so – he did well uh, after the trade, 330 ERA in 26 games down the stretch. What's funny, in two months with the Senators, he pitched more innings, 57, than he did with four months with the Dodgers, 40. So, like, he, they were like, you know, we're using you. You're good. We're going to do it. So then April 64, he ends up with the Phillies, who went on, like, a sort of a magical run, but then they had a historic collapse down the stretch. They're up six and a half games with 12 to play. 
The Phillies lost 10 in a row. I believe, I don't remember if this was the Sabre bio or Wiki or somewhere else, but Roebuck basically said, like, because a lot of the blame that year was on Gene Mock, who was the manager, and he just sort of blew it. But also he's like, look, Mock got us to the point we were at. We were over our heads, right? And we just, we could not, like, we didn't have, the like, the healthy pitchers or whatever to, the, to like, close it out. They lost 10 in a row at one point, like, down the stretch. It was brutal. Roebuck was excellent that year, though. 221 ERA in 77 innings. Had a 340 ERA in 50 innings the next year. Then he pitched another six innings in 1966, but that was his last year in the majors. So he pitched the uh, 66 and 67 a lot in the minors. 325 ERA in 122 innings for the San Diego Padres, not Johnny Padres. But this was a PCL team, a AAA team. Uh, that would be the name of a new major league team two years later. Um so Roebuck, after his playing days, scouted for almost 40 years uh, several teams, Dodgers, Phillies, Braves, Reds, Pirates, and Red Sox. He won a ring with the Red Sox in 2004. My favorite Roebuck story, though, was about his legendary prowess with the fungo bat. Um, fungo bat, I mean, you see it around. It's a lighter, skinnier bat, mostly used by coaches, you know, hitting fly balls, grounders, or whatever. Apparently, once uh, Roebuck hit a ball into like the colonnade end of the Coliseum or tried to hit it out of the Coliseum, and I don't know why this made Walt Austin mad or like maybe he's just horsing around or whatever, but he fined him 75 bucks. So this is, again, from Roebuck's interview with Paul Hirsch at Sabre. That's part of uh, Roebuck's Sabre bio. Quote, there's a funny story regarding how I got that $75 back. <laughs> The architect designing the Astrodome asked Walter O'Malley how to figure out how high to make the roof. O'Malley promised to find out how high his good fungo hitter, which was me, could hit one. On the breakfast line at Vero, uh, O'Malley approached me and asked me how high I could hit a, a fungo. I said, I guess about 200 feet in the air, sir. At the end of workouts that day, Mr. O'Malley had me report to field four, where I hit a bunch of fungos until he was satisfied. When I finished, he asked me, how much did Alston fine you for hitting the ball out of the Coliseum? I told him 75 bucks. And a few weeks later, a bat boy came to the bullpen in spring training with a bag filled with $75 and quarters, which he said <laughs> from, from Mr. O'Malley. I really uh, hope it was a bag with a dollar sign on it. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been great. Uh, there was also the story. This is late stage Ken Griffey Jr. I believe he was with the Reds. And he, like, paid off a bet with someone. And I believe he paid, I don't remember if it was quarters or pennies. It was like a large number bet, like thousands of dollars. And I think he had it delivered like on a dolly, like to his locker. Like, so it's just like all this money stacked up. Like it was just kind of that. So that that's sort of funny. But that that's our look back at Fungo Master, pitcher, longtime scout, Ed Roebuck. Um, what, what do you think? That was great. Yeah, I, should, uh, it, I should come up with ideas more often. I, that's right. Thank you for coming over that. But also, oh, I meant to in 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 my recap um, of this week for the 1963 Dodgers at True Blue LA. I think my subheader for that section where Roebuck got traded was Roebuck Sears after getting traded. <laughs> Yay, yeah, we did it. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's that's Ed Roebuck for you. Uh, thank you for listening to the Three Inning Save podcast. We're part of the Fans First Sports Network. We'll be back with our regular weekly episode in a few days. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody.